Hello, my loves. It has been a while, and yet I had to come back and share this beautiful conversation with Chloe, aka Hummingbird Inc. Studios. She tells her beautiful story about how she alchemizes all her gifts to create and support other people to express themselves through art, through tattooing, through her conscious creations that involve yoga and meditation and connecting with her purpose. And she shares really vulnerably here. And I love this chat. I hope you do too. Hope you're staying well in lockdown. And yeah, enjoy. So today I'm welcoming the beautiful Chloe to the podcast. Welcome. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Chloe and I met in South America. Mm. How many years ago now? That would have been 2014. So yeah, I just, is correct. Thinking, <laughs> yeah, I just keep thinking it's five years and I just go, oh, five years ago, five years ago. And then the years keep kind of. <laughs> it feels like yesterday and it feels like a lifetime ago at the same time. Absolutely. It's been so, I've actually been so excited for this conversation because. Yes. <laughs> South America was such a powerful time, I think, for both of us. And we met each other at this really interesting time in our lives. Mm. And being a witness to kind of how you've grown over time and the things that you've been creating over this time has been so beautiful because I remember you talking about things like this back back in the day. Yeah, and back so- in Rancho Relaxo, the hostel in Colombia. <laughs> Rancho Relaxo, yes. Discussing life and all our ideas and all our ambitions and goals when we go back home to Melbourne. <laughs> Absolutely. I think you were just going to your yoga. Was I right? was on my way to my first yoga training, my first 200 hours. Yeah. I, I knew nothing before then. I was practicing, but I I had no idea what I was walking into. So I was flying to Guatemala and Mexico after I saw you. amazing to do my training amazing so I guess to begin with I'd love to just because I want to reminisce for a hot second (laughs) I love it I mean from I know so and again I again for Chloe not for you guys but I was just saying that I had a look at her website before we scheduled this chat today and that she draws so much inspiration for what she does from her travels and her time in South America and so Mm. I'd love to hear a bit about that inspiration and what that trip meant for you. Yeah I I believe that yeah my inspiration did open and blossom from my trip in South America because I just bought a one-way ticket there in 2014 not really knowing what to expect or what to gain from it the only thing I knew is that I would leave the the old life behind and I'd come back with a new life and a new way of looking at life, a new perspective. Mm. And I feel like I gained a lot more than I even expected. Um, so I became a yoga teacher. Well, I did my training in yoga teaching <laughs> and I came back home and I I had a little break back in Melbourne and um, I think it was eight months. And then I flew back to Central America where with a a second one-way ticket. (laughs) Um, 
to have an opportunity to teach yoga in a hostel and be their residential yoga teacher. And in that time, I it dawned on me, my funds were running low and I thought, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I'm just a beach bum teaching <laughs> occasionally yoga, te- yoga class. That sounds horrible, Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and people kept telling me I'm living in paradise and I have the best life and they wish they were me. But I just wasn't, I still wasn't satisfied. Yeah. Something was missing. It was kind of like Groundhog Day. I was waking up. Yes, it was a beautiful scene, but I wasn't growing. I wasn't being challenged. Mm. I wasn't learning. I was thirsty for knowledge. I so, so relate to that. When everyone else is kind of telling you that, oh, this is, you, you're living the life and it's like, oh, yeah, I should, and I am grateful for this. Yeah. There's something else. And how I wonder, like before you keep going, like how did that show up for you? Even though everyone else is saying this is amazing, mm. how, yeah, how did it show up for you knowing that that wasn't necessarily what you wanted anymore at that point? Yeah, it was, um, I, I, felt, I felt a little bit of shame and guilt. Like why am I not appreciating this to the level that other people would? Um, but it, it was a village of just 1,000 people and I was the only English speaker there, well, my native language, and it was challenging. I couldn't communicate with people on the level that I wanted to. The hostel was um, French-owned, French-Canadian-owned, and everyone else around me was Spanish, and I was learning Spanish. French is another language I cannot <laughs> get my head around. Um, but... Yeah, I was, I was feeling a bit of guilt, and but I was so lucky. I was so fortunate that I was given the opportunity to become a tattoo artist. Um, I spent a lot random. of my time. Uh, not random. Um, my partner at the time, the reason why I had this opportunity in this one particular spot in Nicaragua um, called El Transito, a tiny, tiny village on the Pacific coast, uh, it was his hostel and I was drawing all of his tattoos and he was going to the same guy, the same studio owner and artist in Leon, which is the second biggest town in Nicaragua. And this artist was intrigued. He's like, where are you getting all this artwork? It's clearly not just straight from Google, um, <laughs> Google search. It's quite unique and very personal and customised to him. I was drawing um, pieces of our journey, of our travels together. Um, they were like quite psychedelic images of him surfing and him growing into the person he was when I met him. And, yeah, it was really mapping out his journey and he was getting them all tattooed. So I met the tattoo artist finally when I arrived from Australia. And, uh, yeah, he's like, your artwork is incredible. It would translate really well into tattoos. Uh, how would you like a job? Wow. <laughs> and my first, my first reaction, my, the first thing I ever said to him was, I'm afraid of needles. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, don't worry about it. If you can draw, you can tattoo. Um, I'll train you up. Come in wow. next week, have a piece of artwork ready for you. You can tattoo my calf. Um, so straight onto human skin, <laughs> had full total trust and faith in me. Uh, and 
yeah, and I, I wouldn't have worked there if I knew, you know, it was a legitimate business. He's uh, a guy from London, from England. He'd been living in Nicaragua for like 15 years, fell in love with the country. Um, yeah, so I felt really safe in his his business, his environment. So I was like, all right, sure. Like, what have I got to lose? <laughs> so, yeah, I showed up and uh, my first piece of artwork was a hand crossing the fingers like praying, like here's to hoping for a new career because I felt, again, a little bit lost in my life. And, yeah, the once the, the, the nervousness just left me, uh, once I actually felt that needle touch human skin for the very first time, it didn't feel foreign. It felt like I'd been there before. It felt so familiar. And... I thought, wow, I'm, I'm really doing this. This is this is for me. This this is where I am. And he looked at the tattoo once I finished, and he's like, "That's actually pretty good. How would you like to work for me? <laughs> I'll I'll train you up. You know, if you can get people in, um, tell them the story, tell them the situation, and get the consent. And if they are happy to get free tattoos, and be a part of your training process." Mm-hmm. then um yeah come in and and start <laughs> so I I obviously working and living in a hostel I had an abundance of keen free-spirited travelers backpackers wanting free tattoos and when they heard my story they were just throwing their bodies at me like <laughs> yes please take me draw on me <laughs> and um, yeah, I was getting to know these people on a personal level because I they stayed at the hostel and I would sketch up their artwork and they're like, yes, that's it. That's what I want. Tattoos were like the new passport stamps, you know. They were the, yeah. the new souvenir. Like people love getting tattoos when they're travelling. And, you know, like like all backpackers, like all travellers, they they want something in memory of that that beautiful moment, that experience. Yeah. Yeah, what a gift. And how incredible <laughs> leaving Melbourne and wanting something, some newness and where you landed by just kind of being where you were and how things can quite naturally unfold without any any kind of like, I don't know, like pushing, you know, for something to, to happen or that that just kind of was the way things. Yeah, my, my plan was yeah. to not have a plan and go with the yeah. flow. I really, le- I just leaped into it full heart and accepted to what, accepted what was to come. Um, I just thought I was quite miserable with what I was doing and what I was doing to myself in Melbourne that I thought anything from here is up. <laughs> anything from here is to be gained. So, yeah, uh, believe me, I didn't just smoothly walk into a new country and start a life. It Mm. took a lot of guts. It took a lot of, there were a lot of breakdowns. There were a lot of anxiety attacks and panic attacks. Um, Yeah, can you share a bit about the anxiety? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Leading up to my yoga training, I struggled. I felt I had no resources. 
Um, of course, I had all the beautiful support and love around me with the people in my life. Um, yeah, I, I, I really didn't know how to handle it in myself. I, I depended on external resources quite a lot, um, a lot of family and friend support. There were a lot of moments where I would just wake up in the middle of the night like someone was sitting on my chest, um, short of breath, a, in a pool of sweat. And I, I remember most of those nights I would just roll over and place my pulse on the metal trimming, the metal bed frame, because I knew that that cooled me down. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, sometimes I would put myself in the shower and just rinse it off in the middle of the night. Just I just found these techniques that worked for me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I did my yoga training that I thought I had all these aha moments, you know, that there's this, Yes, yoga teaches you the philosophy behind meditation and why we do it and the history and how we've come to to meditate and what it does for us. Um, But also it was comforting to know that there's a science behind it Mm. and that breath work is not just, it's not just this woo-woo magic that miraculously just makes you calm. It's, it's, there's actually a science behind it. Your breath is the control panel for how you feel and how you react and how you respond. Um, once I had this knowledge, I uh, so I originally went into the yoga training just for myself. Um, they actually asked all of us at the beginning of the training, hands up if you want to become a yoga teacher. And there were only a few. And they asked us again at the very end of the training and almost everyone put their hand up because these techniques uh, should be shared. Mm. They, you know, and like myself, I didn't know these were available. I didn't know what you could do. So I felt that I wanted to pass on this information that I have. I'm still learning, but I'm willing to share everything that I learned along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, once you experience what life can be like when you have these skills available to us that support, you know, settling our system enough to feel safe in our bodies and then be able to create from that place, um, it's it's so powerful. And I think we shared in this actually that whole kind of like really appreciating the science behind things and sure you can go into the woo and that can be really beautiful as well it has its Mm. own place absolutely and people really connect to that and at the same time I've loved seeing more and more of these you know whether it's meditation or breath work coming into even like mainstream psychology and psychiatry and I remember learning things and being like I learned this shit in yoga. <laughs> it's not much different. Where are you doing this? <laughs> Without the, the terminology and the labels, yeah. Yeah, different, yeah, different way. It's I guess, yeah, having a different language to be able to share the same skills or the same ways of, of being with ourselves to be able to support being okay in in life and not just being okay, but then being able to create 
what you're wanting from that space or what you want for your life in that space. And mm-hmm. I hear that, yeah, for you, it's like it was a really conscious decision to move away from maybe what was already known in Melbourne and step into the unknown, which can be scary in its own right, and be exactly. able to allow things to unfold and create as it comes. Yeah. In my situation, I felt like I needed to do something shocking, shocking mm. to my system, shopping, <laughs> shocking to my routine to really yeah. shake up my world and say, this is not okay, you cannot live like this. Leading up to South America, my big trip there, I was drinking a lot. I was having mindless sex a lot. I was, you know, I was abusing myself and I wasn't conscious and I wasn't happy. And, you know, even leading up to my adult years, I was an anxious teenager. Um, I remember in year nine, I, I, my routine, I was so anxious to go to high school and it was an everyday event, <laughs> my routine would be wake up, throw up, brush my teeth and go to school mm. because I, I just couldn't handle the pressure and and not knowing. It was the unknown. Like what's today going to bring, you know, there are bullies out there. There's, yeah. there's pressure. There's, um, you know, there's studying. And I just wasn't, I wasn't a... I don't learn that way. I learn by doing. I learn by creating. I learn by being artistic. Mm. And it's there's not a lot of that in high school. Yeah. And you're still getting to know yourself as well and it's awkward and you feel uncomfortable in your skin. I also it was also manifesting physically in my body. I developed IBS. And I couldn't even look at dairy products without shitting myself (laughs) (laughs) just to put it bluntly yeah yeah it was it was just uncomfortable it was an uncomfortable experience and you just have to move through it I went to the doctors about it over and over again about my IBS and I said I'm and my vomiting in the morning my vomiting routine and he just said you're just stressed relax that's all he said to me like oh okay Sure. Uh, sure, I'll just switch it off. Oh, it's as simple as that. And I just looked at him like, but I'm throwing up. My mm. stomach is coming out of my mouth. <laughs> How do you explain that? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're just stressed. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> just kind of passed it off. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, I'm stressed and I'm holding this in my body and there's physical manifestations about this. What can I do about it? Like yeah. how do I get to the relaxed part? You yeah. Know? <laughs> Just chill out, okay? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. years, years and years of my life, I just had to figure it out or deal with it. It just became a part of my life. It became the normal. Yeah. And it does for so many of us mm. that we have ways to cope, cope with life as it is and maybe how it's been shown to us from whether it's peers or other people or family and, yeah, that stepping out of that can feel shocking because it's nothing that we've embodied before. And mm. I, I quite like, you know, the, oh, I can't even remember the yogic, t- is it like samskaras or just like the same like routine yeah. or the same you know, learning that will just 
continue going round and round. I'm making like a circle. You're like, <laughs> my fingers. No one can see that. Um, but it's it's like you know, shocking your system is creating new neural pathways or new like carving out new ways of being that has just never been available to us in our system before. Exactly. Yep. So true. Tell me about your your art and creating art. I mean, how 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 young were you when you started? Um, since I can remember. Um, my dad's a really good artist. He never yeah. did anything with it, um, but I just grew up watching him just sketch. Mm-hmm. And the uncles on my mother's side are actually really good too. They used to draw me like Bugs Bunny and Tweety and they would just colour them in and give them to me and I would stick them all over my bedroom and in my cupboards. Uh, so I guess I was just being, yeah, exposed to it since from an early age. Mm-hmm. And I I actually wasn't really supported in doing anything with art. My dad was very much like become a doctor. Like, <laughs> okay, uh, do you know who your daughter is? <laughs> and, again, I hate needles. <laughs> um, so he was very much like, you know, find security in your life, get a job that pays well. Art doesn't pay the bills. Art doesn't pay for the house. Um, So I was never supported. And even in high school, I was, I'll never forget this day, I was told by my graphics teacher, even though I could admit myself, I was one of the top students in graphics. (laughs) That's my cat. (laughs) And (laughs) I was one of the top students in graphics and he told me blankly to give up now because women don't make it in the field. Wow. And, yeah, so this was I mean, it doesn't upbringing. surprise me, but it's still frustrating to hear. Yes. Yeah. And I, w- I was devastated to hear that, but I didn't give up. So I moved into visual merchandising after high school. Mm-hmm. And that was my outlet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. It was so creative um, I got to fulfill that part of me, um, but it became a bit rigid after a while and it still was very structured and it almost felt soul-sucking. In the end, it was just trying to make people buy items that they didn't really necessarily need. But yeah. We encouraged them to think that they wanted them, that they really needed them. And um, I remember... I remember waking up one day in bed and, um, you know, I really climbed the ranks in becoming a visual merchandiser. It became an international coordinator and I was looking after regions like Asia, America and Germany. And I just woke up one day and my body wouldn't let me get out of bed Mm. and I was just crying. I was numb. I was just lying there numb and I I couldn't figure out what was happening. My body literally told me to stop. And I knew my job was not what, it wasn't my life purpose. It wasn't feeding my soul. I remember calling my manager crying. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but I can't get out of bed. I can't explain this. And she's like, she was beautiful about it and told me to rest for the day. And I really reflected on that. And that's when my need to get out of my routine and and just stop what I was doing and go out there and find what I need to do 
Um, yep. So fast track to, um, yeah, becoming the yoga teacher and the tattoo artist in Central America, I knew that there was a big gap between the two. And because these are my two interests and my two skill sets now, I wanted to bridge that. And I thought, you know, my first tattoo was so impersonal. It was it was terrible. It was this big, scary guy dressed in black, you know, just putting on this dainty little font on my back. <laughs> and I thought this font, this writing means so much to me. And to him it was just another number. And I thought, how could I create these experiences for people? Um, and I thought bridging the gap between yoga, meditation, this holistic vibe to, to getting a tattoo. Mm-hmm. So once I came back to Melbourne, um, I found a spot in a yoga studio. <laughs> so it's a, a little office that. space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I started teaching yoga at this yoga studio and um, I'm still there today, Studio 3 in Mooney Ponds. And I now have an office space there and I do my work there. And I now create tattoo consultations and they go for one hour and it's just a one-on-one. The room is set up really nicely. It's warm. It's The, the lights are dim. There's candles. There's music. There's oracle cards. I use my sound bowls, my crystal quartz sound bowls and chimes, and I just have a conversation with this person. They have my full attention, and I'm just offering my skills as an artist to to bring to bring their ideas and concepts alive. Yeah. And most of the time, there's tears. Yeah. There's 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 so much heart and emotion and feeling. And there's a story behind it. There's grieving. There's yeah. celebration. There's empowerment. Um, so I just get to know this person one-on-one. I, you know, I take them through a guided meditation. It's visual. Um, so I really customise the meditations to them. I, I never plan these things. I can't. It's mm. personal. I have to get to meet the person yeah, first. Yeah, it's a co-creation. Yeah, and then in that meditation I really make it personal to them and I try to make them very light. <laughs> we never go into dark spaces. It's always <laughs> as light and fun as possible. Yeah. And and joyful and creative. So, mm. yeah, and then we come back together after the meditation and we talk about what they saw, what they felt. Um, and I wanted to make this accessible to everyone, to most people. Um, who, you know, these people who come to me, they've most of them have never meditated in their lives yeah. or have had sound healing um, or even a tattoo. <laughs> most of most of them, I'd say women because that's my biggest demographic, um, women come to me more mature-aged women, um, I would say. But, yeah, it's their first tattoo, you know, mothers, grandmothers, yeah. They're coming to me for the first tattoo. They thought they would never get one, but they see it as art now, not just some, like, gnarly skull (laughs) tattoo, you know. (laughs) And what do they share about their process going through, you know, maybe never have experiencing meditation, sitting down, co-creating this piece together, having this artwork on their body? What do people share about that experience? Yeah, they... I would say almost everyone resonates with it. 
Mm. Uh, because there's so many elements in the tattoo consultation, they might resonate with the sound or the visuals or just my voice. Mm. Um, some of them just experience relaxation. They're like, I didn't actually see anything, but I feel I feel relaxed, I feel calm. And that's the main priority anyway. And I, as I said, I'm offering myself as an artist. So, you know, they may not still see anything or they may not be creative or, you know, be able to see a vision, but I'll go away after the consultation and I'll sit with it and feel into it and I'll draw something and I'll send it to them. And they'll most of the time they're like, yes, that's it. Yeah. That's that's the one. <laughs> they get so excited and they're still a bit nervous because <laughs> they're like, oh, now I have to go through with it with the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even the tattoo process is so beautiful because the space is so small and um, it's, again, one-on-one. Um, mm-hmm. We're the only two in that space. And, again, I try to make the space as inviting and as welcoming. I also deliberately meet all my clients in their consultations in the space first so mm-hmm. that they can get comfortable yeah, and, and regulate themselves and, and familiarise themselves with the environment first so yeah. they don't have to worry about that before the tattoo. That's one less yeah. thing they have to think about. Absolutely. It's so important. I think, yeah, that people have felt out that space before and have met the person and are able to settle knowing that that's going to be a space where they're going to feel comfortable in. That yeah. they're able to relax into a little bit more deeply in the next session. Yeah. Definitely. It's just um, external orientating. Um, it's one of the, the very first techniques that we are taught in um, trauma-informed yoga mm. is just to allow that person to scan the space, even yeah. open cupboards, look, you know, really familiarise themselves, look at everything, touch things if they need and that's um, one of the techniques that we can all take away with us is external orientating is just to, mm. if you're feeling nervous, just get to know the space. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that um, I do, yeah, in my own consulting. It's kind of like when people yeah. come into the space, it's like, what do you what what do you like about this space? You know, tell <laughs> me about what, what um, yeah, anything that kind of like piques your interest. Is there anything that we need to take away from this space? Is there anything that makes you feel uncomfortable that we can kind of like maybe we can get rid of that if you don't want that? <laughs> um, that it gives our system a sense of context and also choice, you know, yeah. that is really powerful, particularly in those trauma settings and connection as well, having an opportunity to connect and be able to yeah perceive that other person or other people in the spaces so I love that you offer that in your in your consults thank you (laughs) um since doing the because I know you branched out a little bit during COVID as well can you share a bit about your mandala workshops of course these I hold so close to my heart I I'm so giddy over my <laughs> workshops. So um, during COVID, um, as most of the world know, Melbourne were closed. Mm. Um, businesses were shut down for most of the seven months in 2020. And uh, my skill sets of being a yoga teacher and a tattoo artist were for- forced shut. And I remember going for a walk in the early days of COVID lockdown and thinking, how can I how can I 
contribute to the community. I know that there are millions of people sitting at home with no resources. Mm. Um, I'm a creative person, naturally. I can fill up time like anything. I can make something out of nothing. Uh, I can entertain myself for hours, days. <laughs> And I thought, how can I share the share this with with the world? And I thought I'll teach people to draw. Why not? Can't be that hard, right? <laughs> so um, I just put it out there. And originally, it was just to just to give my friends and whoever else wanted to tag along, um, just to give my friends an activity to do via Zoom. And I set up the space. I made a made a simple mandala what's simple to me <laughs> and I worded up everyone beforehand saying these are the things that you need you know a two dollar coin a a lid from a glass jar um, a ruler a pencil any sort of pen you have at home and piece of paper and uh, I had 40 participants wow. on the first session. Yeah, it was so needed, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the people I didn't know, people from around the world. I had people participating from Europe, uh, America, Canada, um, <laughs> different parts of Australia. It was amazing and people had gained so much from it. It just gave them one and a half hours out of their head and yeah. onto the paper and they were only focusing mm. on the paper and, and their activity and what they were doing. Mm. And I just find that there is so much freedom in being creative. It opens up your mind. It helps you look at things from a different perspective. And the yeah. feedback that I had gained after um, that workshop, that first workshop, were mothers telling me that, oh, my God, my children sat in for this and they got along for the first time in a long time. Um, also, women who were living alone gained a lot from it. They said, I, I felt connected. I felt like I was a part of a community. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, was, there was so much to gain from that workshop. So I continued them and I ended up doing them once every weekend <laughs> and it gained momentum. There was one class that was up to 70 people, 70 people signed in, and they also started to bring their family members or their household members in with them. Oh, beautiful, yeah. And I was in also time, recording them. Yeah, in a time where connection was so needed and with that chronic yeah. kind of on the DL activation of like what is going on, you know, in terms of COVID and this kind of like unseen I guess, like threat for lack of a better word of like what, you know, that can, that over prolonged periods of time can really create, uh, yeah, nervous energy and restlessness in our system in a way that I think people are starting to, are, are still feeling the, um, feeling that months after and having moments of being able to, yeah, connect and be soothed in that way in community, creating art. It, it brings you back, I guess I talk about the green zone, right, and creativity mm. lives in the green zone. It's a, it's a place where we can feel connected and grounded and soothed and creative and despite everything that's going on, to be able to really offer a space where people can connect in that way is, is so beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, a lot of people got frustrated. <laughs> there, were, <laughs> there were people who were frustrated and 
everyone's on mute, but I could see their reactions. (laughs) (laughs) But still, they were present. They, although they were frustrated. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's still centering them to the present moment, isn't it? (laughs) Because they're not thinking about anything else in the world except what they're doing and (laughs) how they might messed up a line on their (laughs) their page. And the workshops were also, um, they also started with a meditation. So I made a very simple, guided a very simple brief meditation at the beginning just to help them breathe and and drop into that space to help them create. And Mm -hmm. I also repeated that throughout the workshop. I thought, I kept saying to them, like, are you breathing? How are you breathing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because when we concentrate, we hold our breath. (laughs) There were a few tongues sticking out and stressed eyes on the screen. So... (laughs) And they're like, oh, thanks. You know, everyone's like typing in the chat room. Thank you so much. I needed that. (laughs) And so have those offerings translated post-COVID? Yes, I started the first in-person Mindful Mandala um, in Mooney Ponds uh, last month and I plan on doing more for sure. I'm just finding the right space for it Mm -hmm. and I would love 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 to continue them and also continue doing them online for those who can't participate in Melbourne or who would just prefer to do them online yeah yeah so I'll be sharing that information on my my Instagram page and I have a um a mailing list for the mindful Mandela workshops as well awesome so where can people find you Chloe Yes, they can find me on Instagram, so Hummingbird Inc. Studio, which is one word. Mm -hmm. And everything, all the links are on my bio, so you can just go into Linktree and click the buttons that you're interested in so you can sign up for the mailing list on there. And I'm also updating always um, my offerings on Instagram. It's my only platform that I really use. Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook doesn't resonate for some reason. I think Instagram is very visual. That's why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a gallery, <laughs> virtual gallery for everyone. So yeah. So just just to finish off today, um, mm. before you kind of talked about, even though this creativity was always within you and around you, that the, I guess the narrative that you were sh- that was shared to you was around oh, you know, basically it's not safe to create, you know, because there needs to be kind of like a financial stability and security and all those wonderful things that are shared around that come from the best of intentions. And I can imagine that there are a lot of people listening that really relate to having that story around them yet feeling something within them that's kind of like, but that that's not me and that's not what I want to do. What supported you to create a sense of safety within you and around you in order to step into what you knew was what you wanted to create in in your life, in your journey? Where was that safety? (laughs) I I had to find it myself. (laughs) Like I mentioned, it wasn't really supported. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, wow, I I really don't know how to answer that question. Unfortunately, I guess I just found it through other ways. Um, but what I do know that once I found it, once I tapped back into my creativity, I have I've been feeling more myself. I've been a lot more calmer. Um, it's my outlet. It's 
my way of expressing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know how to answer that. No, I, <laughs> I wonder if even like removing yourself from that kind of whether it's those people that kind of had those beliefs around what what needed to be kind of where your energies were to go to kind of like go in a completely different direction where you're surrounded by other people where you had permission to explore what you wanted to explore without any I don't know expectations or um yeah if that was something that resonated for you Mm, um yeah actually that's exactly that's exactly right what you said um it was the the change of change of community I guess um I was so supported uh throughout my time yeah traveling to be on the other side of the world far removed from my normal (laughs) (laughs) and I remember drawing a lot um I picked up the sketchbook for the first time in years when I was living in Nicaragua Mm -hmm. and I would people would always peek over my shoulder and were always interested in what I was doing and yeah, I just had a lot of praise there. And people actually told me before I even knew I was going to become a tattoo artist. They're like, wow, that would that would be really cool as a tattoo. I was like, yeah, right. Why, why do people keep saying this? Why does this yeah. keep coming up? And then, yeah, months later it happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So surrounding yourself with people and in an environment where you could express the way that you wanted yep. to and having that um I guess inspirational conversations where people are kind of like, I don't I, I, like the words that are coming to mind are like cheering yeah. you on. But oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, you know like what? That's enthusiastic about yes. what you want to offer, and that that's something that you can then offer to other people. And what I've heard from everything that you've talked about today, and the way that you um, offer so generously, is that it comes from a place of service and wanting to not only support yourself but in supporting yourself and being who you are that then you get to pass that on and share those gifts with other people and what a beautiful way to connect with people and um, support them to explore and create in their own worlds and the ripple effect that that creates. Oh, definitely. By me, by me just being myself and just offering mm-hmm. what I already have within me yeah, and and the skills and education that I've developed along the way, it's it's empowering people. Yeah, by by people in channeling their creativity, it's empowering. Yeah, yeah, it's like the more you you can be, and the more you can own that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just by being yourself, you yeah. inspire others, and there's, you know, it's effortless. It's. You don't need to try to be yourself. It's effortless. It's natural. It's innate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I guess, like, now it's like we're in this time where we're, like, we're born to be create and um, be creative, sorry, and to mm-hmm. create and experience pleasure and connectedness and that that is part of our natural state. And mm-hmm. it's to, to remember that, you know, Um yeah, it's, it's I love just as we were kids. children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's going back to what we did when we were kids. Yeah, and I mean. The, the space to explore and visualise yeah. 
yeah, what's well, not visualize, but um, imagine, use our imagination and play. Exactly. That, you know, play. We forget how to play as we adult because then it becomes about safety, security. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. Oh my gosh, you, you've massive light bulb moment. You, you know, you were you were. We were talking about my childhood and how I was creative, and then how that got lost in my adult life and all these complications started and my health issues and my anxiety and then I came out the other end and basically I'm just doing what I did when I was a child and I'm happier than ever yeah (laughs) there's so many clues in that for everyone yeah yeah you know what did you love to do um when you were little and it just came from within you without being told what you had to do, what you should do, what you need mm. to do, and that that is always available to us um, and having the ways to be able to, yeah, kind of pull us out of that survival mode and into being and creating from that space is, yeah, wonderful. Mm. Wow. But Chloe, Laura, thank- you're wonderful. Oh, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to share this morning. I know that so many people will really resonate with uh, this discussion and I hope it supports people to follow their creativity and trust in that. (laughs) Yes, I really hope so too. (laughs) And, yeah, you can follow Chloe at uh, what she said before because I can't remember. (laughs) Hummingbird Inc. Studio. (laughs) Hummingbird Inc. Studio, beautiful. (laughs) Have a good day, love. (laughs) You too. Bye.